0: Hello, hello, and welcome to episode 96 of All Booked Up, the Buffalo and Erie County Public Libraries podcast about books, movies, and all things pop culture. I'm your host, Michelle Snyder. And I am
1: Jacob Marico. Jacob. We made it.
0: This, this is it. This Our is Our last episode of the decade. Can you
1: believe it? I know I can't. I'm excited. It's c-
0: pretty, it's pretty cray. It's always weird when a year ends firstly, but then the decade ending...
1: Yeah, try Whew. try to remember yourself ten years ago. I had like what two feet of hair and about sixty pounds more on me. It was ridiculous to think about back then. I now. feel
0: like I was the same. <laughs> <laughs> Do the same thing. Everything's the same.
1: <laughs> well, see, that's good for you. I, I guess it's no, good it's for both not, of us. No, that's now not that true. That's not true. It's because you're you're always young, Michelle. That's what it is.
0: I had a different car, a different living arrangement.
1: Okay. Well, those you, I wasn't married. Well, you glowed up on all of those. We're not going to argue that point, but.
0: It's I guess. Popular. I mean yeah, well, yeah. they're all pretty average. <laughs> Not the husband, sorry. Take that part oh, back. But, um right on blast. It's I really love end of year lists, very much so, like best movies, best books, all of the things. But now people are coming out with best of the decade and I'm like yeah. No, that is way too much pressure. I cannot choose my favorite things of a decade.
1: Oh, absolutely not, no. We, we toyed around with that idea for the show, and we're <laughs> like, no, nope, we're just going to do the year.
0: I mean, I can't even remember. I'd have to go through everything and be like, I don't even remember what that was. <laughs> no. <laughs> That's you, hard. I can't. I don't have recall like that.
1: Like, you know what the best picture of 2000 was? It was Gladiator. Like, what? what is
0: what wow, is it? that when Gladiator came out? Yeah,
1: so think about that. that
0: oh, I, that that just stresses me. That, out. that tells There's you how so long. So much has happened in between that time.
1: So, yeah, that's why we're just like, not, not even going to bother. Not going to bother. Too much pressure.
0: But, of course, so this is our last episode for the year. We're going to take two weeks off for some rest and relaxation. So we will be back with a new episode on January 13th. Yeah, Michelle's got
1: to uh, recharge her Jacob batteries. Takes two weeks every year.
0: This is actually accurate. I have to purge it so that the puns... The wrestling quotes and the bad movies, they all feel fresh to me again. I I got
1: (laughs) to refill my stocks of terrible stuff to talk about. You don't have
0: to, Jacob. You don't have to, just so you know. (laughs) Nothing to refill.
1: That's good to know. It's good Mm -hmm. to know. It's less work for me to do. I like that.
0: But we do, as I was saying, I like end of year lists. So we did want to talk about some of our favorites for the year. But just a note, the things that we talk about, I'm going to probably maybe we'll do like our We'll do five movies, five books, five. I don't know, something like that.
1: All depending on time, of course.
0: I just always have to say, because I'm crazy, it's not my one through five that I picked. I just picked five that I think people should see that maybe they haven't heard about as much. Because I think on both of our top 20 lists, we would have The Irishman... Yeah, the, I mean, what else is on
1: Avengers End Game? You know, that's well, another one you know, for you. Like, yeah, just you know the stuff like Joker
0: that. is on my top we're, twenty list. Yeah,
1: so we're, we're going to avoid those a little bit. You know, the stuff that's pretty up, Marriage Story because we just did the episode. Right,
0: that is on my list. Yeah, even so. though it's so sad. Although I will talk about my number one and number two favorite movies of the year. Oh. Those ones I'll get into, and then the rest I kind of hop around. Does that, sound, does that sound good to you, Jacob? That sounds
1: great to me. I can't I like wait to hear
0: headed. your favorites of the year. It is a true insight into it, your mind. It
1: is a varied list. I'll tell you that much. I only have like 26 movies on my little piece of paper here or something. You
0: wrote down all 26?
1: Well, I don't know. It and might you're going to talk about
0: five. Yeah, i, I
1: gotta got to go through it and pick up on the fly, so you, we'll see how You that do goes.
0: your best. I'm going to start with my number one favorite movie of 2019 was called The Last Black Man in San Francisco. Oh,
1: Stephen Curry? That's a basketball joke.
0: Why would I understand that joke? You know,
1: there's 2% of our audience that is dying laughing right now.
0: I would like to hear from them because (laughs) that is debatable. So this film, this is about Jimmy and his best friend Mont, and they try to reclaim the house built by Jimmy's grandfather, launching them on a poignant odyssey that connects them to their past and tests their friendship and the sense of belonging in the place that they call home, which is a really simple explanation for this film. Mostly it's until he was 6 years old, Jimmy lived in this house, with his father, who inherited it from Jimmy's grandfather. And he has a really strong familial tie to the house because in 1946, his grandfather built it with his own two hands. And after his father lost the house, it stood abandoned until a couple moved in. And then it's the first of many notes on gentrification that will be played until the end of the film. And then Jimmy, often with Mont's help, they trespass on the property all the time, but not to vandalize it, but to repair it and continue with its upkeep. So they're constantly like painting the shutters and sanding it. And the people who live there are like, get off of my property. (laughs) So it is such an affecting story. It's powerfully told. It lingered with me so much after it ended. I constantly was waiting for this to be on everyone's top film of the year. And I didn't really see it a lot, but... Mm. It blew me away. It is authentic and beautiful. I think it is absolutely deserves my number one spot of the year. Um, I have a quick clip of it. This is uh, Jimmy is at the house at this moment, and then there's because it's San Francisco, there's like a segue tour, like talking about the architecture. And this is him kind of reacting to a group that's come by. All right, let's check it out.
2: But you distinguished truth seekers want to know about the real hep cats who hung out here, in the Harlem of the West, where a few of these homes did survive. Like this beauty here, which was built clear back in the 1800s. Before the black thing, this was all Japanese. Till FDR's stormtroopers rounded them up into camps. This house was built in the 1940s. (laughs) Say hi to our neighbor here, everybody. That would actually be about 100 years late for this style. We can see from his gingerbread trim, this was built sometime in the 1850s. Uh, 1946. I'm gonna have to disagree with you there, dude, man. No architect in the 1940s was building in this style. That's probably true, but this wasn't built by an architect. My grandfather built this. He came here in World War II, he bought this lot and he built this house. The stairs, these windows, the columns, the archways, the witch hat, the balustrades, the fish scales, this balcony, all of it, by Jimmy Fells I with his own two hands in 1946. Wow. That's pretty amazing. Well, let's move on to our next stop. The closet Patty Hurst
0: willfully hid herself in. So as you can tell, it is a true love story to this house. It sounds like it,
1: that guy is intense, man, he is.
0: He loves the house so much, but it's a beautiful story of friendship. It's. It's so beautifully shot. I love the characters. I love this movie. Please go see The Last Black Man in San Francisco. I don't
1: even think I heard about it. so I, definitely I know. It's a bummer.
0: It, it was when I saw it, I was like, oh, this is the first film, like the first real movie I've seen of the year.
1: Really? Okay. Yes. That's good so, to know. I'll all have right. A, I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to start out with uh, one of my favorite directors um, of the pretty much out there today. Uh, Taika Waititi had a movie that came out this year. Are we
0: talking about Jojo we are, Rabbit? We are
1: talking about Jojo Rabbit.
0: I'm bummed I didn't see it. Tell I, me everything. I
1: love this movie so much. So yeah. for anybody out there who does not know what this movie is, uh, it's a story of a young boy who, ha- who lives in Nazi Germany who has an imaginary friend who is Adolf Hitler, who is played by Taika Waititi.
0: It is. I just remember when I saw the trailer and I was like, what? Oh, yeah.
1: And it's a comical version of Hitler, uh, you know, played up for laughs and stuff like that. Uh, It also stars Scarlett Johansson and Sam Rockwell, who I did not know was in this movie when I walked into it. I couldn't have been happier when he showed up because...
0: I just saw a movie last weekend that I did not know Sam Rockwell was in and was super happy when he showed up.
1: Anytime he shows up (laughs) in a movie, it it automatically gets so much better. (laughs) Uh, But the story, actually, people kind of seem like it's going to be a... uh, you know, it's about Nazis, so it's it feels like it's gonna be intense, but it's actually a very thoughtful, very heartwarming and heartbreaking at times story about a kid who just kinda wants to be accepted and not really totally understanding the society that he's in and that he's trying to gain acceptance in. Yeah. Like he's just kind of an outcast who, you know, doesn't have any friends, so he's just trying to find something to cling on to and doesn't realize that what he's trying to cling on to is like the worst thing ever. And his mom who's Scarlett Johansson, who is excellent in this movie, is trying to show him, like, a different way to look at things and a different way of life. And then, you know, through some other machinations where he meets a, uh, a little Jewish girl who is being hidden and it kind of makes him reflect and kind of view the world in a different way. I
0: feel like after I read things about this movie, I felt confident that this would be on my top 20 if I had gotten a chance to see it,
1: oh, it would have been in your top ten. I feel like it's okay. the movie is so funny, it's so dramatic. This movie actually got me to feel real bad. Like I was actually almost squir- I had, <laughs> Jacob, like, you
0: discovered it. that you had feelings was, during this movie. That's amazing. It was
1: so weird, but it was yeah. There's a um, stuff that's going to make you laugh. You will laugh out loud because this is a very funny movie. But you will also be horrified. You will um, feel sad.
0: I love I love a range of emotions. I mean,
1: th- I just love this guy so much. He's my probably one of my top two or three directors out in Hollywood. He did right Hunt now.
0: for the Wilder People, right? Yes, he did. He also
1: did. <laughs> Thor. And that
0: was one of my favorites of uh, last year, the year before, whenever mm-hmm. that came out. Did
1: Thor Ragnarok? What we do in the shadows? The guy's excellent. If you haven't been watching. Uh Taiko go TT Movies. Uh, just go check them out. On but it. Jojo Rabbit, it's so good, everybody. I wish I remembered the name of the book that it was based on, but go, oh, I'm, go I'm, pick them all I'm up, excited, everybody.
0: I'm excited to see that. So the next film I want to talk about, my number two favorite of the year, and this one is on every list. So I'm sure that you've heard of it if you haven't seen it, but Parasite.
1: Oh, I have seen Parasite. <laughs> just, it is so great. I
0: loved Parasite so much. Much holy cow! I can't remember. We might have talked about it a little, but it's Bong Joon Ho's uh, pitch black modern fairy tale. I've seen it described as. We have the Park family. They are the picture of aspirational wealth, and then we have the Kim family, um, who are rich in street smarts and not much else. Yeah, not
1: not so but much. But their
0: street smarts, quite wealthy. So.
1: It's like seven movies in one with this
0: Oh, my gosh. Be it chance or fate, these two houses are brought together, and then the Kims kind of sense this golden opportunity to take advantage of this family, so it's masterminded by college-aged Kim Woo, and the Kim children install themselves as, like, a tutor in this household and then an art therapist to the Park family. And then this symbiotic relationship kind of forms between the two families, and I mean... It's how do you hard. Even, how
1: do you even describe this
0: movie? You really can't, but we're going to say when a parasitic interloper threatens their newfound <laughs> comfort, there is then a savage, underhanded battle for dominance. It sounds confusing. It is amazing. I'm going to say Parasite is cinema at its very best. And you squirm through the whole movie. You're like, oh, no, what's happening? What am I seeing? Like, you laugh. It, it, you feel empathy for people.
1: Like, you're going to, as you're going through this movie, you think you have a handle on what it is, like, every 20 minutes, and then it switches up or something changes. Oh, it, it's and-
0: unexpectedly and brilliantly unpredictable, which is what I love about it. And it feels really uh, revelatory because it's just so different, and it's both joyous and depressing at the exact same time. I don't know how he did this. This movie's a masterpiece. I
1: mean, it's one of the best mo- foreign movies you're ever going to see. It's one- It was easily the best foreign movie that I saw this oh, year. Oh, it
0: has to win the Oscar for best foreign film, but then I, sometimes yeah. I'm like, why can't it just be nominated as best film?
1: Well, there's a lot of talk that it might. With yeah. nine, mo- with uh, ten movies now every year, this seems like kind of an obvious choice to throw up there.
0: It was just great. I remember, and I liked that I saw the trailer a while back, and I was like, I have no idea what this movie is about from nope. the trailer at all and then I was kind of getting some buzz and I was like well I could go for something weird literally edge of my seat I was smiling in the theater and I was like grabbing my head like "Uh, no don't Mm. what don't how did that you know over and over so that is exactly what you want from a movie going experience. I, mean, I cannot so wait great. till we get this in at the library. I'm going to be pushing this on every patron that walks in yeah, the door. <laughs> every
1: one of our displays is going to be like Parasite, man.
0: Yes, go go check it out. So yes, please. What else we got?
1: All right, next up, I'm going to go with a sci-fi movie, of course, that seems Works like for me. completely got forgotten and nobody paid attention to. It would be Rupert Wyatt's Captive State. Have you did you hear anything about this movie?
0: No, I so Not at all.
1: I was a big fan of this. It stars John Goodman and Vera Farmiga and a bunch of other bit oh, players. Oh, I love
0: them. Yep. What? So, Active State? Uh, yes, and I, I can't remember
1: I can't remember the name of the kid. The Star of Moonlight is also like the star of this movie. I can't remember the kid's name. Oh, okay. like the the middle-aged young,
0: kid or the really young one? The uh, really the okay. young one.
1: So, the story is basically it's a movie that hap- it happens in the aftermath of an alien invasion of Earth. Like okay. aliens came, they won, they just dis- they took Bummer. over. <laughs> Bummer. And it's about how Earth um, hum- humans in general would not only adjust to life under a alien uh, alien regime, but also how an insurgency would start to form in a situation where they are under complete control. Like they take aliens take over, they take away all electronics. There's no more email. There's no more cell phones. There's Ooh, no I more like TV. This premise. There's none of that. You're basically just living, and they're you know stealing all the resources from the planet. But what are you supposed to do? They're taking it over. Um, it's an alien movie, but aliens are actually not that big of a part of this movie. I feel like in total screen time, they maybe have five ten minutes in this entire film. It mostly focuses on the human drama and what how would humans react to being taken over. You, of course, have some people that are just fine with it. They're just going to go along with the flow. You have the other people that want to start a rebellion and fight back.
0: I feel like John Goodman must be into this because this sounds similar to 10 Cloverfield Lane of, the, like, weird movie.
1: I don't know what agent he changed to, but, yeah, he seems He's, to be doing a lot of, like, low-budget things that are interesting sci-fi. him more. He is very good in this movie, too, by the way. Okay. Um, I feel like this movie, it bombed so terribly at the theater because nobody knew about it. Like, you mentioned I, yourself. I literally you never,
0: heard never it, even heard of it.
1: But it is... So so good. Uh, Rupert Wyatt made a name for himself with *Rise of the Planet of the Apes*, and if you enjoyed oh, that movie, so
0: much so. Yeah,
1: this is the same level of thought and care that's put in. It's a bit slow at times, but I liked the the pacing of this movie because I felt like this isn't an action movie. This is a drama. This is like a sci-fi thriller. I just loved this movie so much more than I thought I would actually. Because going into it, I was a little little hesitant. Then once I went, I was like, "All right." By the end of this movie, I was all in. So. Okay. Go check it out, everybody. Captive cool. State.
0: I like if you, it. If you like
1: your John Goodman, and you, who doesn't?
0: It's get, true. Get all I, in. I saw his house in New Orleans, and they said that a lot of times he puts a giant cooler outside with water in it, so that people walking by on tours can get some water. Well,
1: see, now that's John why Goodman. his la- that's why his last name is Goodman.
0: It's totally true. Also, he bought Trent Reznor's house, which I like that. Oh, as well. that's pretty sweet. I like that they had some sort of inter- interaction in their life. It makes me happy. He was um, like, "I'm going to get my
1: Oscars <laughs> out of here, John." <laughs> yeah. And we'll, you can have the house.
0: Uh, so okay, another film I want to talk about, this is a documentary. Um it's in my top 10. It's called Maiden. Hmm, so, it. Maiden is the story of how Tracy Edwards, who is a 24-year-old cook in charter boats, became the skipper of the first ever all-female crew to enter the uh, Whitbread Round the World in 1989, which is a giant boat race, Okay, obviously, where they go around the world. So her inspirational dream was just, I mean, you can imagine in 1989, it was completely opposed on all sides. Her male competitors thought an all-woman crew would never make it, and the chauvinistic yachting press took bets on her failure. Sponsors rejected her. People, I mean, were just fearing that she was just going to die at sea and it would be bad publicity. A valid concern. But she refused to give up. She remortgaged her home. She bought a secondhand boat. She put everything on the line to ensure that this all-female team would make it to the starting line, and... It's so inspirational. I was, I think, even doubly affected as a woman. And it's not just like she had tremendous self-belief. But she was also beset with just crippling doubts of, like, what was going to happen and what was going to happen to her crew. But they, like, really supported her. So it was all of them as, like, a true team. And with her help, they went on to shock the sports world and prove that women are very much the equal of men. And it really changed sailing and racing. And it was great to watch.
1: All right. That's pretty awesome, man. I don't think I've heard of that one.
0: No, I, I don't even remember how I ended up seeing it, but I feel like anything that can be enthralling viewing for audiences when they have little knowledge or no interest in sailing, which is me, right, but can still really grab you and pull you in, um, I mean, that's just well done. You know, anything true about true pioneers, I think we're just like, drawn to.
1: Uh, yeah. Like
0: I, anyone who's a first in something and it's like a suspenseful sports tale and a record of a historic first. So I think anyone who does like sports will like it for that aspect.
1: All right, cool. I am a sports fan, so I'm going to be there I'm you go check out. Check, check
0: out. out the documentary Maiden.
1: All right. What else we got? So, Time's
0: ticking and I'm just not going to look at it. We're
1: we're, we're going to go. We're going
0: to go over it's today the, it's so the end of the get year, comfy everybody. It, it's the end
1: of the year everybody. <laughs> it's a special episode. Okay, right. so the next one I'm going to go with is uh, it's a Netflix movie, but it came out. It will be coming out to the library soon. It is The King, starring Timothy Chalamet and Robert Pattinson.
0: I keep meaning to watch it. It looks great.
1: So I turned it on, uh, you know, because I was like, let me have something on in the background. I'm probably not going to get too sucked into this movie. And then... As it was going, oh man, I was all in on this tale. I it turns out I like European history a lot more than I thought I did.
0: It's very interesting, and you have some really good actors.
1: I mean, yeah, Ch- Timothy Chalamet. You don't really need. He's been just a force of nature acting wise since he popped in with, uh, was it? Tell what, Call Me by Your Name or whatever. Yeah. Whatever it was called. And he then, was
0: um, in Lady Bird, I think, before that. But anyway, not important. Oh,
1: was he? Oh, okay. I don't really remember that. Well, it doesn't matter. Uh, so he plays Henry V, uh, one of the more famous uh, Great kings yeah. in English history. Uh, turns out William Shakespeare was on to something with, uh, <laughs> oh, no. when he wrote an entire play about this dude. So it's basically about his rise and his time on the throne of England and involving his war with France, uh, which, by the way, in a show in a movie stealing performance, Robert Pattinson. He is only in I've this movie. I've been trying
0: to tell you, Jacob.
1: Boy, he's only in this movie for like ten, fifteen minutes, but man oh man is he does he like take advantage of every single second of that screen time? I think, yeah, I think I did fall asleep on him a little bit because of Twilight, but I'm, I'm coming back around, man. He is impressive. Oh yeah, me you don't
0: need to sleep on him anymore.
1: I mean, this movie, between the direction, the acting, um, the cinematography, the battle scenes are fabulous. It, like, it looks great. Everything about this movie feels good. It feels authentic. It sucks you into the story. And if you haven't really heard about Henry V, because not a lot of people follow too much european history nowadays it's actually quite a fascinating tale and he's one of the more important kings in european history so this it's, movie yeah just it's worth checking out it's in general a good movie i'm surprised you didn't jump on it right away i've
0: been meaning to i just don't have i don't have time it is it, it's it's hours, in the so. list i'll get there um why don't we throw a clip in and hear some of that adorable timothy chalamet look we'll
1: at that hot chalamet action let's do it <laughs>
0: To steer our present course, I've been forced to rely upon the counsel of men whose loyalty I question every waking moment. Every waking moment. I need men around me I can trust.
1: I'm here because you are my friend.
0: (laughs) A king has no friends. King has only followers
1: and foe. Oh, and I forgot about Joel Edgerton. I heard him in that clip there. He's awesome in this movie as Falstaff. He's as well. one of those
0: people again, awesome in everything he does. Yeah,
1: forget about him. He's a good bit player, not a star, not again a headline a movie with him. I
0: think but... he will though soon. You think? Yes.
1: We'll, we'll see. But he's 100%. definitely really good. Go check out the King, everybody. It's it's fabulous.
0: Okay, I had two more film I mean, I have We
1: we have like so many more, more films,
0: it. but two that I wanted to talk about. But we really do have to get to books and other things. So I'll just mention, please see Peanut Butter Falcon. I loved this movie. It's a modern Mark Twain-style adventure story um, starring Shia LaBeouf, who is... I don't know if you know about my deep love for Shia. Yeah,
1: we've argued about it many times. It
0: is a deep love. He's fantastic. And then there's a newcomer, Zach Goats Goats again? Nailed it. That works. Who is a young man with Down syndrome who runs away from a residential nursing home. It's touching. It's a beautiful film. So see that and then... Another movie – oh, my gosh. Another documentary that I stumbled upon that has completely opened my mind is called Hail Satan.
1: Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> you with me here?
1: I, I'm with you 100%. Let's And do it. it
0: chronicles the extraordinary rise of one of the most colorful and controversial religious movements in American history – um, so it's pretty much about this media savvy members of the Satanic Temple, and they organize a series of public actions designed to advocate for religious freedom and challenge corrupt authority. OK, Um.
1: go on. You got my attention.
0: So, OK, ostensibly, this is an organized group of, quote unquote, Satan worshipers, because it has nothing to do with that at all. It's kind of like atheists, but being an atheist is boring because you believe in nothing. Right. So they've taken on Satan. And it's like the kind of kids whose parents made them throw out like Dungeons and Dragons games when they were young. Okay. And were convinced that every record, you know, played backwards, had hidden messages and stuff. It was
1: the plot of the gate.
0: Yeah. But then we quickly see that any religious component of their existence is outweighed by an Um, ideological mission so they are mainly about keeping church and state separate and through this they end up doing like they raise money for charities and help homeless people and everything they do is actually great their credo was something that I really believed in so I was like oh this is fascinating like their tenants are like my own personal tenants so watch it and it's nice to kind of challenge preconceived notions of the subject. It's really smart, it's witty, it's overall entertaining, and it's really an idea of fighting for social justice. I'm gonna play a little bit from the trailer so you get more of an idea.
1: I am all in, let's do it.
0: <laughs> okay. Satanic Temple was an idea between a handful of people directly confronting authority. This makes life fun. State officials have put up a Ten Commandments monument on government property. Satanists are demanding equal rights. I am a tax-paying member of Arkansas, and I don't want that there. They just want to irritate. The Satanic Temple says and you also
2: need to put up our monument to Satanism.
0: As a Satanist, I believe that confronting injustice is an expression of one Satanic faith. You see Christian theocracy just creeping itself into our government and it is our duty to stand up to this. We want people to evaluate the United States being a Christian nation, it's not. Okay, so whatever your beliefs are, this is check it out and kind of open your mind to another idea. I'm very interested in religion. Uh, worldwide and the things that it has changed and how it's kind of taken over. So hail Satan! Fantastic.
1: Sounds fabulous. I, <laughs> I can't. I can't wait to check it out myself.
0: All right, what do you got?
1: All right, so I'm just gonna go through a whole bunch here because I got a. I got a whole list. Uh, you know, go check out the big ones like John Wick Three, probably the best action movie of the year. Always be my maybe one of the cutest little romantic comedies oh, that was you're gonna cute. find I this did like year. That. Uh, Downton Abbey, Godzilla. If you want to see a big. I don't robot, think I do. Or, um, Monster fighting movie. Uh, the new Child's Play is actually These good. These are very Jacob movies yeah. that you're throwing oh, out here right they're all going to no. be super Jacob. <laughs> the, new, the new Child's Play is actually really okay. good. Brightburn is excellent.
0: Wow, I've heard nothing but terrible things about that.
1: <laughs> they are all wrong. It's a great little Superman tale. Uh-huh, Reverse okay. Superman. But you know what? Avoid at all costs. The worst movie that I saw this oh. year. Oh. You ready for this one? Yeah. Three from Hell. The third Rob Zombie uh, Devil's Rejects movie. I mean, oh Jacob, my. what? God.
0: made you think for a moment that that was going to be a good movie. I,
1: I didn't, never thought it was going to be you a good movie. You have more
0: time. But
1: I thought it was going to be at least a passable movie.
0: Not passable.
1: 20 minutes into this movie, I'm like, this is garbage. <laughs> I was doing other stuff the entire time watching it. I didn't even care. Like I have like I've watched two movies of these guys. I enjoyed both But did both you of them. finish it? I did finish wow. it, and I don't know why. right And there. then I finished it, and I was like, well, that sucked. I don't know why the heck. Why do they bother with this one? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I mean, just avoid it at all. Even if you saw the other two guys, just just act <laughs> like Devil's Reject right. was the last one. The fact that they survived 20 gunshots each is just like, that's dumb. All right. Dumb, dumb, dumb. I
0: wasn't going to see it anyway. I'm going to get into books, but before I do, can we... Just name maybe our top five TV shows of the year that people should be checking out.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Do you want to go first? Do you want me to go first? Sure,
0: sure. I'll just do it. So though this is in no order. These are ones that you need to check out where either there's more seasons coming, there's one that's fresh right now, or it's over. This is this just covers everything. Yeah, a whole bunch. Fleabag. Okay. I, I am- loved Fleabag beyond. I can't believe it's only 2 seasons and over. I'm never going to recover. She's from apparently that.
1: writing the next Bond movie, so.
0: I mean, she writes for Killing Eve, which would be on my list if I'd seen season 2 this year, but I haven't. Um Succession on HBO. Okay. Oh, you watch that? No, I do not. What is the matter with you?
1: It's rich people problems. I don't watch rich people shows, man. I deal with that crap enough in real You're life. You're
0: insane. You need to watch Cousin Greg. Okay. Uh, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Love that show. Always one of my favorites. Glow.
1: Love Glow.
0: Fantastic three seasons they've had. And Dark Crystal. Dark Crystal. On Netflix. I didn't
1: watch that yet. I, have I to mean, get that in. is
0: like a personal preference. That How have you not seen it? Puppet uh, work like uh, that?
1: Puppet and fantasy? It's I don't It's like
0: know. I don't even know you. And I, they are coming out with another season of it.
1: Which can't wait. Cannot wait.
0: Good stuff. So uh, what are your top shows? Okay.
1: So what I'm going to recommend is uh, The Expanse because it's just the best You show talk about
0: it so much that I added it to my list because S- I was like, he won't shut up about The Expanse. So excellent,
1: guys. Okay. Go check that one out. Uh, the Watchmen TV series HBO just did. Oh, my God. It's so fabulous as a sequel to the book. Okay. Just great. On in my list. Uh, the Boys with Carl Urban that's on Prime right now about uh, superheroes being evil in the under... You know, under that all. Okay. So violent, so great, yeah, so I don't, R-rated. don't know
0: that at
1: all. Uh, Barry, starring Bill Hader on HBO. Oh, I started
0: that and forgot about it.
1: Such a good show. So funny, so dark, so dramatic. I mean, where did Bill Hader go, come from I love being... Bill Hader, so good. <laughs> and uh, you know what? Let's go ahead and bring up Game of Thrones and what we do in the shadows, just to get a double take in there. Game of Thrones, because, come on, guys, it was the biggest show in the world. Don't just because you might not have been happy but with how it ended. Our hearts
0: are broken. Well,
1: still go watch it. And what we do in the shadows. I love the movie. I love the TV show. They're basically. I didn't even editions. know they
0: made that into a TV show. And
1: it's is just like the movie, and okay. it's e- mo- probably even more funny than the movie. So go check them out, everybody. It more funny. And then you know, Russian Doll and Neon Genesis Evangelion. Go check those out as well. He
0: loves his TV shows. He I do. Could, he could do this all day, but. Desperately running out of time, but we have to talk about books. It makes sense That's on a library, a library podcast. podcast. I'm going to have some books. Um, okay, I'll do a couple. You do a couple. Sure. And blah, blah, blah. So this one I won't talk about a lot because I know we mentioned it in an episode, but one of my favorites of the year was Cuba Libre, Che Fidel, and the Improbable Revolution that Changed World History by Tony Peratet. Um, I think a lot of people are familiar with the basics of the Cuban Revolution that was led by. The 20th century some of the most charismatic figures Fidel Castro Che Guevara it successfully overthrew um, the you know a dictator and then went awry under Fidel's rule but this is a book about all of the kind of wildly entertaining and crazy things that happened on that journey to become these revolutionaries which were self-taught people like college kids literature Mm. majors that ended up being these revolutionaries this book is fascinating Um, and it brings history to life with really thorough research and addictive writing. This guy knows, he he put together a fantastic story. That's one. The second one I want to mention is the book The Overstory by Richard Powers. It ended up winning the 2019 Pulitzer Prize in Fiction. Holy cow, this is a giant book. It is a sweeping, impassioned work of activism and resistance that is also just... A stunning picture of the natural world. Um, It is weird because I'm going to say it kind of takes place. It is all about trees, like all about trees. Trees, Trees, man. I'm talking trees, trees, trees. It's about the world alongside ours, this vast, slow, interconnected, almost invisible world that is incredibly important. And then the people who learn how to see that world – Um, And are kind of drawn up into the unfolding catastrophe that is everything we cut down, burn, destroy. This book should be mandatory reading all over the world. It is mind-opening fiction, and I loved it. Like I said, it's, it's kind of a lot to take in because it is a giant book about trees. Right. But the Pulitzer the Prize Committee knew what they were doing. Please check out The Overstory by Richard Powers. You know, it
1: was the worst part of the Lord of the Rings books. Was it the was. Well,
0: I mean, I was like, not in the movie, but.
1: I trust you. I trust you. We'll see how it goes. It's
0: great. Okay. Give us a couple.
1: All right. So uh, I'm going to go with Springfield Confidential, the book uh, <laughs> written by Mike Rice, <laughs> who was behind the scenes of The Simpsons, still is to this day. That's uh, hilarious. For 30 years, this guy. And he just gives some great stories about how the show was conceived how it took off, how the fact that Sam Simon and Matt Groening really haven't been involved in the show in 25 years and they still Are receive... Are they really not? No, they don't have anything oh, to do with Oh, I don't it.
0: think I knew that. But
1: they, uh, they still receive those big-time checks because they're Good still the them. creators and executive producers. Uh, if you ever wondered how it worked behind the scenes and how they got this whole thing off the ground and how it took off... This book, and it's very funny, actually. Okay, You're, it, You could tell this guy wrote the good seasons of The Simpsons just by the way that he, he handles it and the way he, he uses language and everything. So good. Um, Leviathan Wakes. Guess what this is part of? Book one of The Expanse series by James S.A. Corey. Oh
0: my gosh, you is, are so obsessed. Which is
1: basically like maybe the first season is this 800-page book. Is, basically is it
0: really 800-page book? Because it's, it's been on my list, but I did not know that. They I will are, be removing it. <laughs> yeah, they are
1: super long, and <laughs> okay. there's like seven of them. So it kind of tells you how deep the sci-fi world is of The Expanse. Go check that one out. And you know what? The Last Wish by Andrzej Sapowski, the uh, collection of short stories for The Witcher series.
0: That book was terrible. You didn't like it? No. My dad is currently reading it and will agree it is terrible.
1: Uh, you guys don't like Polish short story uh, fantasies? Is that what it is? Is that I mean, what you're I telling guess.
0: me? I guess. It's just like a chapter, and he's like, I killed Monster, and the next is... I killed monsters. That is
1: literally what The Witcher is like. That is. Then what I'm the
0: worried about the show because if you don't want to I'm sorry watch, to diss your top pick here, but
1: well, I didn't say it was my top pick, but mm-hmm. I was if uh, if you are definitely don't like stories about killing monsters, don't read the book, don't I watch mean, the show, because that's I what would, it's going to be. But all
0: right, that one, I'm Just taking think, the grain of salt. Watch now.
1: the show for shirtless he- um, Henry Cavill. I think. Oh, that's I'm gonna do that. People, I mean, I'm no dummy. Okay, a bathtub.
0: couple other books. This one you are going to love, and you should check out before. You leave work today. Okay. It is called Best Movie Year ever how 1999 blew up the big screen by Brian Rafferty
1: 1999 he's not lying that's a big year man
0: 1999 Hollywood exploded I'm gonna name a few of the films to get an idea Fight Club Mm -hmm. Matrix Office Space Election Blair Witch Project Sixth Sense Bean John Malkovich American Beauty Boys Don't Cry Magnolia those are just some of the landmark titles in one of the most incredible years of film This was really like daring performers pushed cinema to new limits, and the book is so enjoyable. First of all, I loved reading about these movies. You get like an inside look. Um, You get interviews with tons of people. There's like, I think, 130 different interviews with, there's like Reese Witherspoon talks in it, Edward Norton, Steven Soderbergh, Sofia Coppola, David Fitcher, the Blair Witch Kids, so much stuff. The guy who did gave us Jar Jar Banks. anything that you can want is in it. It is the definitive account of a culture conquering movie year. I loved this book so much. If you love movies, I guarantee that you will love this book.
1: As it turns out, I am a man who enjoys movies. So you have, have to, to in check this
0: book out. It'll make you really happy. Um, and then another one I have to mention, this is the complete opposite of the last book. It is also nonfiction. I do have to say this book is dry okay. and difficult to read.
1: It's not a great combination.
0: It's not, but... One of the most important books I've read in the last 20 years.
1: Not only is it dry, it's also really hard to read and boring, but it's great.
0: I can't say that it's not some of that. This book, okay, it's called The Color of Law, A okay. Forgotten History of How Our Government Segregated America by Richard Rothstein. And I'm going to say that he is an excellent researcher. Okay. And he wrote kind of like, he. it would have been a paper that someone else, like an Eric Larson, someone who takes nonfiction and can really splash it up, would have you. done a better job. But this is the book that we got, so it's still required reading to me. And it is like the most forceful argument that's ever been published on federal, state, and local governments that gave rise to reinforced neighborhood segregation. And it kind of describes how it wasn't just... um you know, private prejudice that kind of pushed black people into certain areas and certain situations, but this was systematically imposed by the American government segregation. Um, They had undisguised racial zoning, public housing that purposely segregated previously mixed communities, subsidies for builders to create white-only suburbs, tax exemptions for institutions that enforced segregation this book is groundbreaking it will blow your mind you're going to be disgusted but it explains so much that I think that we just I did not know you were like yeah I understand segregation happened and these terrible mortgages and things that happened to the black community but you do not know you do not know you read this book and I was like I don't even I any black person in America who has made it at all I mean, good for you. I don't know how you did it. It has been stacked against you from the beginning in incredible ways. So this is a just eye opening book. You gotta okay. read it. But again
1: That's a full throated endorsement. It's hard there.
0: to get through, but it's worth it. So that he, I wish he could write a little more interestingly, but when you hit the good stuff, it's worth it.
1: Okay. It's okay? definitely one of those books start reading at three PM as opposed to ten. yeah yeah.
0: that is accurate take lots of breaks i have more books but we're pretty much super out of time so why don't you plug us up and we'll start our journey home and
1: remember everybody everything that you hear on all booked up is either available at the library now or will be available soon. Good
0: call on the end of the year. This stuff hasn't come out yet. Yeah,
1: so just go ahead, go and talk to your local librarian, ask them if we have it. If we don't, place a request for it, we'll get it to you. We have 37 branches all over Erie County. Stop on by any of them. We'll get you hooked up. Don't forget to also check out the library's website, www.buffalolib.org. Find out where our bookmobile is. Get yourself some online books. Take advantage of our online catalog. All that good stuff. And... Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at allbookeduppod. There's so a lot can, of
0: things for these people to do. We're well, very demanding.
1: It is the end of the year. you got to get <laughs> all your ducks in a row. So, you know, go visit there. You can talk to me and Michelle one-on-one and let us know what you think and what your suggestions are.
0: Please do. And now, da-da-da, this is very exciting. Let's talk about some of the major things that happened in the last decade. Because no. that decade is ending.
1: I don't really want to. You so, don't? Am I we No, just no, we're it away?
0: fine. <laughs> okay.
1: Something big happened in 2001, I heard.
0: 2001, I don't care about, is over, dude. We're talking about a decade, so stop yourself. April 2010, the first iPad came out. Oh. That's fascinating because now it's like deal. synonymous with those readers. Everything is iPad. April 2011, we had our first royal wedding of this pretty much century that everybody went bananas yeah, for. we're
1: just knocking them out all the time now. They're pretty old-headed. Pretty
0: much. Time. July 2011, we said goodbye to Harry Potter. Oh, Last book came out.
1: Never read any of them.
0: You were (laughs) completely not friends. July 2012, Gangnam Style became the most watched video ever. Wow. What was up, 2012? First ever to reach a billion views on YouTube. Gangnam Style. That's a fun little
1: (laughs) spec. Man, Korean culture taking over.
0: It's really true. This was a great decade for them. Um, Still a great dance, though. December 21st, 2010, people thought that was the day that the world was going to end because the Mayan calendar apparently said it would be, we survived it.
1: Yeah, macho man saved us, man. We made We died it, for our sins. We
0: made it through. Okay, February 2015, big month because the internet had a heated debate over a dress. Oh, my God. I remember that dress. Black and blue or white and gold? Do you remember what you saw? Black and blue. Which is what it was. Me? I saw white and gold.
1: What is wrong with you?
0: I saw white and gold. And then later in the day, I looked at it and I saw black and blue. And I was like, this is the trippiest thing ever. (laughs) I was pretty obsessed with it. Um, That was a big moment. I forgot all
1: about that dress. That was a whole big old thing. Of course.
0: It's been a heck of a decade. June 2015. This uh, same-sex marriage became legal in the U.S. Woo-hoo! Well done. February 2016, this was a very important month for Jacob. Leonardo DiCaprio finally won an Oscar.
1: I mean, I was so excited for him. We were practically in as, as we all know, me and Leo were like this. Of song. course, We were like best buds, so I was very happy for
0: him. Um, January of 2017, millions of people attended the Women's March. So it was the first day of Donald Trump's presidency, and millions of people took to the streets of Washington and other cities to protest. It is the largest single-day demonstration in U.S. history. It drew in over five. Five million people and 600 marches across the world. It felt like for a moment that the world was united and it was awesome. <laughs> and I was there marching in Washington. It was pretty dope. Okay, a few more. August 2017, everybody, we experienced a total solar eclipse That's true, Magical, it's the first time a solar eclipse was visible across the entire U.S. since 1918. So I hope you caught it, or you're not gonna catch one again for a
1: bit. 99% of the country was smart enough not to look at it. Certain elements didn't, but.
0: All right, in January of 2019, the most diverse class of lawmakers in history was sworn into Congress. That's been really cool to experience. Um, 117 women newly elected to office. We got our first Native American woman. And our first Muslim American woman in Congress. We're moving well. Um, April of 2019, we got the first ever photo of a black hole.
1: Which is kind of funny when you think about what a black hole actually is, that they managed to get a picture of it.
0: I can't believe that we've seen that in our lifetimes. That
1: is pretty cool. Like, imagine that that was a science fiction thing that people, like, didn't even know was real. And And
0: it is. And now we've seen it. And then, of course, December of 2019, big news is that the third ever U.S. president was impeached. So...
1: It's been a a pretty big deal.
0: Yeah, a lot of things have happened this decade. Thank you for hanging out with us for a couple of the years in it while we chat your faces off. You
1: know, you're also missing, like, the most important thing that's happened the entire time. What? Uh, All Booked Up premiered in the last 10 years. (laughs) Everybody's favorite library podcast. Number (sighs) one in the United States. Take that, New York City.
0: Don't ever listen to him. But thank you so much for joining us. We'll miss you on our break. We'll see you in the new year. Bye.